What we are more concerned with here more than anything is the spouse or partner or loved one of an addict or alcoholic. Because so often the conversation steers away and you're forgotten. No one asks how they're doing. Yeah. And when I got sober, I got chips. I got parades thrown for me. What did you get? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> I remember you being in tears. I was. At like one when point. I got my one year chip and you're like, what about me? I know. You know what I've been through? Yeah. No one celebrates me. No one talks about my experience here. No one talks about what you went through. Yeah. For me to get to where I am today. And very few addicts have this conversation either. They're not talking about what they put their spouse through and how that could have been easier and ways to prevent this moving forward and ways to get them into situations that are healthier for them. No one's talking about this. We're talking about this though. Yeah. And that's what Tufo is about. That's what we're here for. So we love you all and we will love you until you can love yourself. That's what we're doing here. Yep. Welcome back. Welcome back another episode of till the wheels fall off i'm matt I'm Paige. and here we go this is episode three of the final part of our series on setting boundaries today we are going to run you through how to actually take what you've learned in episodes one and two and put it into practice in your life how to actually establish these boundaries put them into play and what happens afterward so before we do that I think it's best we recap for just a moment on episodes one and two and what we hope that you have done up to this point. Yep. Run us through it, Paige. All right. So episode one, we identified our values and our values are what is most important to us, right? So things that like honesty, respect, authenticity, equality, there were like 16 different ones on the original one. I, I don't remember how which ones they there were. There was a ton. There was a ton. Come up but you can come up well. with your own as well. But it's things that I that you just it makes you who you are. Um the second episode were was was <laughs> Paige Paige is <laughs> little hopped up on cold medicine. I feel like I am hopped up on cold well, medicine. You've been taking it for the last three days. I didn't take Dayquil today. I took Mucinex and that's was it. it the, was it the D stuff? Oh, I don't know. Ugh, that crap. Makes but you either feel way, like I'm a little I'm a little wonky on this episode. So please bear with me. I'm just I'm gonna do the best I can. I'm we're here for y'all. Doing great. But we're we're still gonna talk. Okay, so the second episode was about um what pisses you off, things that make you mad, things that are the opposite of values. Behaviors that violate the values. Yeah. Yep. So like lying, cheating. Yeah. A, a, addictive uh, behaviors. Um, yeah. There was, a, there was a million of them that were in there. Lack of accountability. Yeah. So those were one and two. And we there was a reason why we did those because we have a formula that yeah. we will get to in a little bit. Yeah. Before we do that, though, I think it's important to talk about boundaries and sort of a broad conversation about what they are what they aren't, some do's and don'ts when you go to set these things. So let's just wax philosophical for a moment about boundaries. I think that for many people that approach us, they are looking for a magic bullet to fix their partner or fix their life. Yep. But what are boundaries actually doing? They're protecting you. Boom. They are not for the other person. Yeah. That's the simple. You have to set the boundary up that's going to benefit you in the long run. You have just distilled boundaries down into just a few words. That's perfect. They are to protect you, right? If your if the um, intention behind your your boundary is to manipulate or change someone else, it's probably not going to go well. Mm-hmm. 
but they've got to be to protect yourself. They got to be to protect your values. And when your values are violated to protect the sanctity of your esteem and who you are as a person to keep that moving forward, you've got to put boundaries to protect yourself from toxic situations, outcomes, and people. That's what boundaries are for. They're not consequences for other people. Now, sometimes in rare circumstances, I would even say they can serve as a wake up call for some people. Absolutely. There are some relationships where you, t- you give someone a boundary and they're like, holy crap, I've been, I've been wrong and I'm sorry, but it's just, it's rare these days. Right. And for what we deal with, when we deal with addicts who closely resemble, if are not already narcissists, these are people that are probably not going to respond well to being told what to do. <laughs> right. So, okay. Can you give that example real quick about what you told me earlier with the smoking? What was it again? It was I uh, in the room. Like if I'm not going. To, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And I think it's the way that you worded it that really helped me open my eyes to how boundaries. It's really about how you word it and where your intentions lie. Yeah, your intentions are everything. So the example that we were discussing earlier, we went through this. We've been talking about this since like nine this morning. <laughs> <laughs> going through all of this to make sure that we get the message across as best we can. I have so, we have, have so much to say about it. But yeah. think about smoking. Let's say you have a partner that smokes. Okay. And you want them to stop smoking because you think it's grody. Uh, <laughs> just don't grody. like it. Oh like, my god! I just don't like. I don't like smokers. There's something nasty about it. Whatever. <laughs> so you tell them you need to stop smoking. You, you I, I will not um, sleep with you anymore if you're smoking. Um, I will find some way to make your life a living hell if you smoke. Yeah, this is kind of what I got at, right? Right. That is a form of manipulation, okay? That person doesn't have to choose to stop smoking and in no way is it necessarily protecting you. Now, if your intention is, I want to be healthy, I hate the way my house smells, I, I don't want my children inhaling this, you know, this, this carcinogenic combusted carbon crap and in my gross. home. And it's gross. It goes against your values. And it could be, yeah, disgusting. I mean, you just don't it's like it. Hygiene, whatever it might be. Right then you would say, if you choose to smoke, I will leave the home. That is a healthy boundary because you're only worried about yourself. Yes, I'm removing myself from your bad behavior because I choose not to be around it. Yes, The former was, I don't, I want to change your behavior so that we can, we can make this work. That's not the same thing. That is, they are the same and different. Yeah. Because your intentions are different. Yes. The end result is that in the in, in the latter case where you choose to leave, you you were no longer exposed to it. And you were willing to walk the path alone. And if that means that you don't have to be around it anymore. The other case, which we see a lot more, is someone trying to control their environment and manipulate someone else's behavior to make it more acceptable in the the I guess the the image of what they want as a partner in their life. Does that make more sense? Yeah. I think that's kind of the difference between a healthy versus an unhealthy boundary. Right. One of them is simply serving you. The other one is an attempt to control or manipulate someone else. Right. And it's there's a gray area. Yeah. But I'm not going to let somebody smoke in my house. I'm not going to like just... Because you don't want your house to stink. That's disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. But that's not me controlling them. That's just a boundary I set up for me. Sure. Okay. But to say, to say that you are no longer allowed to smoke in my house, what if they chose to violate it? Then what is your next move? If they smoked in my house? Yeah. 
kick their ass out. What do you mean? You could kick them out. But what I'm <laughs> saying, what I'm getting at here is that the boundary has to be something that we are willing to do for us. And what, yeah, it's for me. What, I don't care if they smoke. If they want to smoke, about, go outside. Here's what sucks about boundaries is that often the person setting the boundary will have to work much harder exactly. than, than the violator. That. Boom. So when you're saying like, this happens a lot, like alcoholics, drug addicts, it's like, why <clears throat> should I have to leave? Right. Well... It's like if you're drinking, you're protecting yourself. Like if yeah. there's a way to get them out, that's wonderful. That works all the same. You're still protecting yourself and you don't necessarily have to deal with the logistics of like, where are you going to live? How are you going to get your kids and dogs into an apartment while you're still paying a mortgage and uh-huh. all that good stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe there's a way to do that. But to simply say, I don't like smoking because it's grody. You should stop is different than saying I'm concerned for my health. Cancer runs in my family. It makes me smell. Uh, it ruins the things in the home. Mm-hmm. I will remove myself from the situation. Yeah. It's the same and different. Okay. Okay. So I think a lot of people kind of get twisted when it comes to boundaries. So let's go through some popular mistakes. And this comes from um, Lynn Margolis, PhD over at Psych Central. I found this awesome list. Popular mistakes that cause boundary setting to fail. A quick break in the action to let you know about an exciting development in the TUFO universe. When we started this thing, we said we would never work with an advertiser or company unless it's something that we believed in and we already use. If you're looking for professional, affordable mental health care, look no further than Taylor Counseling Group, your trusted source for accessible therapy in Texas. Taylor Counseling Group believes that everyone deserves premium mental health care, regardless of their income level. That's why they offer reliable and affordable services at 12 locations across Texas. They've made affordability a priority. They are in network with most major insurance, and the standard private rate is only $100 per session, significantly lower than many other practices offering the same high-quality therapy. They believe that getting the help you need shouldn't drain your wallet. Scheduling an appointment is quick and easy with their convenient online booking tool. No complicated processes or long wait times. They value your time and ensure that you can access the care you deserve without any hassle. At Taylor Counseling Group, they believe in a personalized approach to therapy. The professionally trained counselors offer a diverse range of services, including individual counseling, couples counseling, family therapy, play therapy for children, and even specialized techniques like cognitive processing and existential psychotherapy. They're here to help you navigate life's challenges and develop a personalized treatment plan tailored to your unique goals. Taylor Counseling Group is your partner on the path to mental wellness. Experience professional, affordable care that puts you first. Visit their website, taylorcounselinggroup.com, or call them today to schedule an appointment and tell them Tufo Couple sent you. A link and phone number is going to be available in the show notes. And back to the action. So number one, telling people what they should do or not do and why they're wrong. Mm. This rarely goes over well. It creates resistance and struggle, she says, and trying to change or manage the other person is not likely to be well received exactly or successful especially when it's unsolicited and there's a a pattern of problematic behavior and let's just from the time we are children we don't like to be told what to (laughs) do adults are no different especially adults with a problem yeah yeah. don't like to be called on that stuff so number one is don't just tell people what they should be doing and why they're wrong right okay two poor timing slash wrong intent Reacting from anger or frustration in the heat of the moment when you're at your wit's end. Yes, this happens a lot. We've, in the, we've all been here before in yes, a relationship. Yes, and then I was going to say with this one, also don't bring it up whenever your spouse is actively using. Yeah, terrible idea. Yeah. 
Yeah. Approach these conversations when someone is lucid and sober and calm. And I would say, look for a quote unquote neutral situation. Yeah. Right. Neither hot or cold, Mm -hmm. you know, just, and bring it up when it's appropriate. Yeah. Uh, number three is trying to get people to admit or own up to something or recognize that the limits are further around good. Mm-hmm. This is another tough one. This is once again, this is sort of falls into that manipulative type of behavior. You. Right. Yeah. This is for your own good. Everything will be better. Remember, we all have the the power of free will and, and, and choice and we can do what we want. If this person wanted to do these things, yep. they would be doing them. Yep, nothing you say or do is going to make that better. When like, it comes to addiction, that's generally the case. Yeah, absolutely. Especially if this is an ongoing problem that's been discussed over and over and over. Trying to get them to like logically reasoning with them. And, and if you've ever dealt with a narcissist, you know how this goes. Yeah. You cannot reason with people who are unstable like this. I was going to say mentally unstable people. This is the same I have presented thing. the most elegant, beautifully crafted arguments for why a narcissistic person should behave one way or another, and you are met with the most childish backlash right. that you've ever encountered. Yeah. It, it never goes anywhere. Yeah. It will leave you feeling defeated and you will just like lose faith in humanity. Absolutely. Like, oh my God, we're all doomed. Yep. If that didn't land, we're all doomed. Yes. That's how this usually goes. <laughs> um, the next one is saying too much, justifying, over explaining, mm-hmm. and being invested in convincing the other person that what you're saying is reasonable or right. Guilty. <laughs> Did you feel that one? <laughs> yeah, I felt that one. Hardcore. Tell us about it. Please share. <laughs> oh my gosh, with you. How many times have I tried to like convince you that what I'm doing is right or whatever, or how I believe this boundary, this is accurate, and you're just like, shut up. <laughs> however many days are in 22 years, and however it, many that is, that's how many times it, you try. <laughs> <laughs> it's so exhausting, y'all. Don't do it. All it does is it just now it's time to debate. Now it's debate time. Now it's argument time. Yeah. And now it's more about them and not you. Exactly. It's still, it's all about the other. You can always defend when it's about me, but when it becomes them and you walk into their territory, into their cage, and now you're telling them how to run their own home inside their head. Best of luck. It's so much easier to look at other people's problems than our own problems. Oh, taking others inventory is easy. Yeah. We all do it when we gossip, when we think about people, when we talk about people, when, yes. we, when we read other people's Facebook posts, you know. Yes. It's really easy I to do that. I have been so guilty of that, but I will tell y'all when you let that go and you focus on you instead, that is the most empowering thing that you can do for yourself. It feels good. It's refreshing. It's like, oh. Yeah. And so when you're, when you're grounded and you're emotionally separate from the other person, mm-hmm. it's a much different conversation. Absolutely. Okay. The next one is being unprepared. And this includes not factoring in what you already know about how things will realistically play out. Ooh, yeah. Right. So <laughs> run the tape. All right. Pretend that you're watching. I think we covered this in an episode a long ago. Yes. But uh, pretend that you're watching your life as a movie and you're in the theater and you're watching. What happens next in the story when you do this? Mm-hmm. Realistically, how would you write the ending of the story? Realistically. Realistically. Not what you want. Yeah. So be prepared. Yep. Be prepared for that. Okay. So those are don'ts. Let's go through the do's real quick and then we'll get into the rest of the episode and how How to effectively set boundaries. So these are things that we will do. We will tell the other person what we are going to do, not what they should do. 
because we are only in control of what we will do. We cannot control or limit the other person. You just can't. You can try, but we just went through reasons that typically doesn't go well. Yep. So think ahead, troubleshoot in advance of, you know, resistance reactions you'll probably get, but incorporate this into your plan that you are going to tell them what you are going to do, not what they should do. So setting a boundary and saying, I will do X, Y, Z, not, or I will force you to do X, Y, Z. There's a difference there. All right. Number two, be firm, but dispassionate, clear, and concise when boundaries are established and when enforcing. What that means, once once again, we talked about picking the right time to discuss these. Mm-hmm. Neutral. This has to be neutral. No different than when you're at uh, your favorite burger joint and you order your burger. You just say it you know, in a neutral tone. I just need a hamburger with cheese, uh, pickles, onions, ketchup, and mayo. End of story. That's, you set your boundaries the same way. Yeah. You don't come at it with this big, long, drawn-out story. It's no. not a proposal. It's nope. not a... Not even a conversation, really. No, it's literally a <laughs> sentence. Yeah. End of story. No fanfare. <laughs> yeah, just in, in the in the proper moment, no tone, no struggle, no explaining. It's minimal effort. You're just going to say it, and that's that. Okay. Once again. This is all easier said than done. Right. <laughs> <laughs> just throwing that out there, because I know people are listening right now thinking the same damn thing. So once again, we talked about the opposite of this one, so... We are going to make it about us and our limits based on our values and not about them or what's best for them. We stay in our own lane here. Mm-hmm. Stay in our own lane. Mm-hmm. This works. And the reason this works is because it's argument proof. It cannot be refuted. This is my stance on my values. It's not an argument. Mm-hmm. This is my reality. This is what I'm living in. This is my life. Mm-hmm. This is what I'm going to do. Here's how it's affecting me. It's about me. It's not about you. It's about me. Yeah. I'm having questions about this. About what? I'm trying to find a gray area when it comes to alcoholism and asking people not to drink. Let's, let's, let's dig into that. Go ahead. <laughs> I want you to help me dig into this. That's what I'm asking you. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, so give because, me an okay, example you're running through in your mind. Because I had an example, you know, like I feel uncomfortable when you drink. You know, going forward, I will, I will remove myself from your presence if you decide to drink. Is that a way of controlling somebody or is that protecting your values? If one of your values is, okay, I had this conversation right before we started. So when, if one of your values is, um, let's say it's, it's, it's clean body, clean mind and health. Okay. If that's one of your values, then I think that absolutely. What's, what's your intention for not wanting to be around it? Is it because... You don't want to be in an environment where you could be led to do it. Okay. It could be that. It It could be because they know that when they drink, it's going to cause even more problems. It's going to be, it's going to be, they're going to be mean. They're going to be angry. They're going to throw things. It's going to be a totally different person or they're emotionally detached. Like there's so much more that goes into it. So, so that's great. So as long as it goes back to a value that you can defend, that's a boundary you put in place for you. Okay. So I had this conversation on the phone earlier with a good friend and we were talking about this very thing. And he said that he had a friend who was in a relationship with somebody when they got together, everything was fine. He was a social drinker. They were all, I mean, I'd say big drinkers. Everyone's kind of a big drinker in college. This is what you do. Mm-hmm. He got with this person and about 
three or four months in the relationship, she drops this on him and says, I don't like alcohol and I don't want you drinking. Okay. The end. There was really no explanation as to why it was. I don't want you drinking. I don't want you around it. I don't want to be around it. So she hated every one of his friends and in, he he loved the girl. Okay. So to, to placate her and to keep the relationship, he stopped drinking. Mm-hmm. He quit drinking. And anytime he did drink, it would be like once or twice a year at weddings or something like that. And he had no tolerance. And so he would get like, you know, absolutely annihilated and make a fool of himself. Okay. Which probably gave her actual purpose for this thing. Mm-hmm. But the the boundary that she put in place was to manipulate and control him to be a partner that she desired. Okay. It was to make him something that he really wasn't. Uh-huh. And I feel like that's manipulation because if she came to the relationship and said, this is who I am, okay. this is what I'm about, okay. I think you give him a, a decision to make at that point, right? as opposed to being dragged in and then told, okay, now that you've had a taste moving forward, this is what it, this is what it has to look like moving forward. Okay. So if she came from a situation, let's say that she grew up in a family where it was ripped apart by addiction. Uh-huh. No, that's not fun. We know that leaves scars and trauma. Yeah. And you, you don't wish to be around it for those reasons that this is the result of drinking in my experience is it rips apart families. Nothing good comes from it. I, I also come from a family where addiction runs in, you know, the genetic line. And I fear that if I'm with someone who's drinking all the time, I could slip into the same habits and I could destroy my own life. That's not what the conversation was about. Okay. It was about, I don't like a partner that drinks because Okay. that's just it. She wanted him to quit hanging around his stupid friends and acting like a child. Okay. It wasn't about... It could have been addressed much differently in yeah, a way. It, it, it wasn't so much about her, her need for safety or security. Okay. It was about her wanting to manipulate a partner that she saw fit. Okay. Does that make more sense? Yeah. But I still feel like this is me wanting a partner that's more fit too. Like, but it's different because it's because they're actually being, you know, abused there are at consequences. a level. So let's just, okay. So we're not talking about someone who's casually drinking here. Yeah. And I don't think that most of our listeners have partners that are casually I'm, I'm drinking. I'm literally, this is my black or white, all or nothing thinking. So okay. I need you to bear with me. And a lot of our sure. listeners are going to have the same cognitive You're distortion. You're right. If you have the question, someone else has it this too. is something that I've had to work on for many years. And it still pops up occasionally. Obviously, it's popping up right now. Right. And I'm having questions about about it. And I know that there's a gray area here, area here, but I'm trying for the listeners because I know they're going to ask the same question. Okay. So when it comes to alcoholism and addiction, it doesn't take long to figure out where your values have been violated and why this is not something that you want in your life. Yeah, that's true. So it has affected your security, literal security. Some of these people have been abused and physically harmed or emotionally abused or had their children put in danger right. because of this person. They could right. be drinking and driving. They could be doing all si- kinds of crazy right. things like that. Right. We also have the fact that this could be financially Financial. detrimental. Mm-hmm. We That's have people who, who will spend money that they don't have. They will, you know, uh, financial like infidelity. It's tearing their lives apart. Like this, it, it's, it, there's so much going on in their lives. That's really just, it's just tearing them apart. Yeah. And, it, and it's it all affects based their emotional on security. I mean, you, you, you name it. These people don't feel safe in their own skin or their own emotions in their own home. With and their they partner. feel lost. They feel confused. They feel like they're to blame. They feel so many emotions and they've lost who they are. That's where, you know, that boundaries need it, to be put in place. Right. Like it, this and it's appropriate. Absolutely. And there's also ancillary effects from alcoholism. So you've got not just with someone who's drinking, 
Like they're just drinking. We're usually not just sitting there quietly drinking. Some do, but a lot of times you get people who are incredibly emotionally abusive. They're calling you names. Mm-hmm. They're making comments about your weight. Yeah. They're 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 telling you that you're you're lower than low, that you're scum, that you're the problem, you're the reason for all their problems. Yeah. You know, these aren't these are things that I think are worth putting a boundary in place for. You're protecting yourself. How is this good for you? Absolutely. To be in this type of environment. Right. As opposed to someone who's having a few drinks now and then. Right. So it's to protect you in these very serious situations, not to actually control the alcoholic or addict to change their ways because you have to go in knowing that they may or may not change their ways. But even if you just didn't want to be around drinking, let's say one of your values was personal growth and you felt at your core that alcohol could be a violation to that. Mm -hmm. You have the right to set a boundary. You just have to be prepared with what could, what the fallout could be from that. Okay. Then that's fair. If you're willing to die on that hill, then great. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. That means you feel strongly about your values. And I think that's wonderful. Okay. Does that, that cover it? Yeah, at all? Did no. I answer that well? Thank you. I won't, Do you understand where I was coming from? For sure. Okay. I think it's a great question to ask too, because you're right. Yeah. All or nothing thinking is the, it's at the root of a lot of this thought. Absolutely. And that's why boundaries can be so freaking difficult. Yeah. And so we just, so we, we cover the do's and the don'ts. And I think some, something unspoken here. Um, I think there's an acid test for what a good boundary and bad boundary is. And so this is something like we just discussed this kind of uh-huh. an acid test. So like, just looking at it right off the bat, let's let's discover if this is if this passes the boundary test or it fails the boundary test. Am I trying to just change someone for no good reason, or am I actually protecting myself? Okay. So number one, why is this boundary important to me? What's the motivator? Another way of saying that is what value is this protecting? Okay. If you can answer that question, you're in good shape so far. <laughs> number two, is this for you or for the other person? Is this for you or the other person? Okay. Question two to ask yourself. Three, is this realistic? Ooh. Is this realistic? Very difficult one to answer. And I think you could make a case that sometimes it's not realistic at the moment. Mm-hmm. And there are other times where you could also make the case that if you really wanted to figure it out, you could. Yeah. Difficult. Everyone's situation is different. But is this realistic? The last one, what are you going to do after you apply it? So once you install this boundary, what are you going to do? What's left in the wake and understanding and knowing well that this very well could kill the relationship. Yeah. This this could. Yeah. It could happen. It could. It's, it's incredibly difficult for an empathetic, compassionate person, which codependents are. They just, the hallmark of being codependent is that you care so much deeply about this person and you cannot fathom watching them do this to themselves. But you have to remember that in some ways they are making a choice. Now I know addiction is a disease and I don't want to get into that right now. <laughs> I have addiction. I have this, I've always kind of referred to it as like a mental illness. Like it's, yeah, it, there's something in me, but we all have the power of choice there. When people say that they have lost the choice to drink, I'll tell you what that actually feels like and what it actually looks like. For me, I used for years and years and years and years. And I got to a point where I became physically dependent and mentally dependent on the drug. I could not get through the day physically because I would be in too much pain. I'd start throwing up. I would start sweating. I would be absolutely miserable. So when the decision is just deal with it and don't use 
and miss work, don't pay your bills, you know, don't, don't give any attention to your wife or children or take a pill. It's a pretty easy choice to just take the pill. So in some ways you lose the choice. Like the compulsion is so great that you can't even help yourself. You just do it. Yeah. And the other piece of that's behaviorally, we lose the ability to, to deal with life in any other way, except with this magical trick, which is taking a substance to make it better. But I can tell you when I was in the middle of it, even when it was at its strongest, I still knew what I was doing. And I, I had guilt and I had regret up until the point that buzz hit me. And then I was fine. Mm -hmm. I was perfectly fine. They are ill. They are sick, but this is a treatable disease. Okay. Yes. And rock bottom looks different for everyone. Chances are you are not going to create the situation, which just, you know, suddenly makes them see, okay, I'm at the, I'm at the bottom. I'm at, maybe you do, but you hit rock bottom as an addict. When you stop digging, when I stopped digging, when I made the decision that enough was enough. Yeah. And it was never more evident that I was at rock bottom is when I saw you start to pull away from codependent behaviors and start to live your life. Yes. And I was like, I'm losing her, man. Holy shit. I'm at the bottom. This is it. Everything they said would happen is happening right now. I can't stop. She's leaving. I'm going to lose it all. I got to do something. That for me is what bottom looked like. But I, I think that in general, I'm an addict with a pretty low pain tolerance because yeah. I've seen people ride this deal for 40 years before they realize, you know what? Maybe I'm done. Yeah. But you'll know in your heart when you've had enough as an addict, you'll know in your heart when you've had enough. So I think it's really tough as a codependent to understand that like your actions very well could lead to a situation where this person, maybe their use gets worse. Mm -hmm. Maybe they, they self harm. Maybe they threaten things. God knows what I'm just asking you for a moment to consider yourself. I was going to say that I was going to say you're freaking worth it too. Your life is worth it too. You're you, you deserve to be happy too. And the only way to do that is to focus on you, set your boundaries up and be okay with whatever happens. Yeah. And we've, we've dedicated our lives to this mission at this point. Like I'm not like, I still work with addicts one-on-one. -on -one. Don't get me wrong. It's part of my recovery. Tomorrow night I will be at a treatment center talking to people one-on-one -on -one for an hour or more. What we are more concerned with here more than anything is the spouse or partner or loved one of an addict or alcoholic, because so often the conversation steers away and you're forgotten. No one asks how they're doing. Yeah. And when I got sober, I got chips. I got parades thrown for me. What did you get? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> I remember you being in tears. I was at like one when point. I got my one year chip and you're like, what? what about me? I know. You know what I've been through? Yeah. No one celebrates me. No one talks about my experience here. No one talks about what you went through nah. for me to get to where I am today. And very few addicts have this conversation either. They're not talking about what they put their spouse through and how that could have been easier and ways to prevent this moving forward and ways to get them into situations that are healthier for them. No one's talking about this. We're talking about this though. Yeah. And that's what Tufo is about. That's what we're here for. So we love you all and we will love you until you can love yourself. That's what we're doing here. Yep. I want to put that, that out beautiful. there. I want to put that, that out so there. That I just, I read the stories now and like, holy crap. Matt's man. had a lot of eye opening experiences the past couple of weeks in the Tufo community. Um, and he's looking at 
this experience from a totally different light because he says that in AA and they don't talk about the spouses and don't talk about what they've put us through and he's seeing it from other people. And it's been kind of, it's been emotional for him. I, I mean, was in my office I know last I'm week. I'm just speaking for you, but it no, was like... No, you are. Like, like, these are conversations I, we've had. I mean, I was in tears, like bawling my eyes out, reading someone's story in the group the other day. I'm like, we just don't talk about this stuff. We mm-hmm. don't talk about what, what these other people go through mm-hmm. and, and the, the battle that they're going to have to fight that no one seems to address. Right. There's a few articles online and that's it. There's yeah. nothing else for them out there. I mean, and it breaks my heart. There's stuff, but we are very stubborn people too, to where we don't look through, you know. Yeah, like I was telling Paige, I said, every addict in recovery should have to do what we're doing yeah. if they really want to see the wreckage of it. Yeah. If you really want to get a feel for it, start to work with the spouses and loved ones. Yep. You have no clue the damage and the amount. And even with our own marriage, like I, we still uncover things. Yeah. And like you want to talk about really letting this resonate and sit in. As, as the abuser, there's nothing more powerful than that, than having to sit in it and live with it and then work through others and help them through it. Yeah. Like, is it, this is our way of giving back, my way of giving back, I suppose. And I think this is your way of just standing on a platform and saying, I I'm, figured it out. I'm, I'm here to yes, help. Yes. I'm giving them a voice that I did not have back then. And I think it's so huge for those people to have a voice. It is, man. It's. It's tough. And the result of your boundary, kind of going back to the discussion, very well could be that your relationship ends there. It could. And you will feel guilty. You will feel remorse. You will feel like you are withdrawing from a drug. Yes. It's going to be like detox. Because Mm -hmm. you will, your greatest fear has come true that, that you're alone. Yeah. That you're alone. But you take that time to love yourself, learn to love yourself again, pick yourself back up. And then you'll realize that what you've been through is going to make you stronger over time. But if you don't set boundaries and you keep doing the same thing you've been doing over and over again, it's going to be worse 10 years down the road. You are going to be miserable. You are going to be in a place that you never thought you would be. So right now you have to make that decision to set boundaries that are going to be, it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard as hell. It's going to feel icky. It's going to feel unnatural, but it is going to be the best thing for you. Yeah. This is not easy. No. And it's going to feel like you're going backwards in a way because you're like, shit, what did I just do? But it can become so empowering. It really can. Our goal is to help you walk on your own two feet, look in the mirror and be proud of the person that you see. Yep. And, Know what you will and will not tolerate. And we're not we're not addict bashers. I'm not an addict basher. No. I'm an addict. I have compassion for addicts, but I know addicts different than you know addicts. I am one. I know what we go through. I know what we suffer with. And I promise you, the story you tell yourselves that we are just helpless babies that can't control it is incorrect. We we have a choice in this. We do. So I know that you're compassionate. I know that you care. I know that you want us well, and we want to be well in some ways too, but they'll get well when they're damn ready. Yeah. Okay. Don't, don't put yourself and your life and your dreams at risk until they're ready. Yep. That's a really tough thing to hear and it may be controversial, but I'm just, I'm concerned about the other person here. I'm not so much concerned about the addicts have treatment centers. They can go get help. They've got programs, a million different ones. They are options, but for you, Options are limited. We know what works here based on what we've done, what we've gotten out of. Yep. So listen up if you're interested. Yeah. 
Okay. Um, so let's talk about let's talk examples. About actual examples and of what boundaries. you do and how you, okay. So we have this. So the acid test is, is the boundary we're setting. First of all, if it fails that <laughs> test, me. you probably need to reevaluate. Is this a healthy boundary or not? Uh-huh. And go back to the drawing board. But if it is, if you pass the acid test, let's go through some examples. And we spend ooh, a lot of time. Ooh. Ooh, ooh, here ooh. we go. Let's do it. Okay, hold on. <laughs> I was going to say that if you have set boundaries in the past that you might be questioning now and you're thinking, oh shit, I did this for the other person, not me, give yourself grace. It's okay. Boundaries do take practice. You're not a bad person for doing that. I'm glad you said that. Because I want you to Absolutely. know that I've I've done that before too. I've set pretty you might, yeah. stern ba- boundaries in my mind or might out have there. To adjust these things and you'll have an to adjust them and make an apology, whatever. That's okay. Give yourself some grace if you've done that. If you're listening to this and you're like, shit. i did it wrong no it's not wrong it's practice look at it as practice you're actually a step ahead of a lot of people who haven't set any boundaries so look at the bright side of it yep just know that boundaries with difficult people will be difficult they will be messy people will revolt get mad blame all kinds that means the boundary was supposed to be in place and i'll we'll stand my ground there there you go If, if they do there's a chance that and you landed right on the nose. Yep. <laughs> okay. So let's just go through some examples and not necessarily, we've, we've taught, spent a lot of time on the addict alcoholic relationship, but boundaries are applicable in every part of your life. Okay. Yeah. Take us through number one page. Um, I didn't really want to do that one. I want to do this one. I like number one. You do? Like a lot of people are in this. Okay. So especially but- codependence, because what do you do? Uh, we're a people pleaser. We take people on more. Pleasers. We're going to do what everybody. You never say no. You're right. You're right. Okay. I'm going to take, I'm going to do number one is like at work. I feel overwhelmed when you constantly give me additional tasks without discussing my workload going forward. I need us to discuss my workload and prioritize my tasks together. So I want to say that this is not a blame. This is not pointing fingers. This is you stating how you feel. At first, feel overwhelmed when this you is, provide. Extra I tasks. feel overwhelmed when you, going forward, I will do this. And it's just having a discussion. Yes, this is a very soft boundary. Yeah, you're not saying I will, you know, I leave, will the, leave company the company or whatever. No, start small. Start right. small. And after violation, after violation, you can get you can adjust these. Yep. Let's yep. start slow though. That's I think it's right. a, a soft one to, to start with. Yeah. Okay. So with family, I feel disrespected when you make negative comments about my lifestyle choices. Going forward, I need you to respect my choices and not make negative comments about them. So just took it a level up a little bit, mm-hmm. just asking for the the negative comments, aka asking abuse to stop. I'm yes. just asking you not to say those things. I'm not saying you need to change your mind. Nope. I'm not saying you should vote my way. Right. I'm just asking that you not say these things right. to me. Right. Um, in a romantic relationship, I feel uncomfortable when you make plans without consulting me first. Going forward, I need us to discuss plans together and make decisions as a team. That's not asking for too much. No, you're asking for a conversation. That's mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. This, this facilitates further growth for both people as well. Right. This is a great boundary. Um, with friends, I feel hurt when you cancel our plans without giving me enough notice. Going forward, I need you to give me at least 24 hours notice when you need to cancel our plans. Yep. That's a good one. In a social setting, I feel... Kinda, hold on, though. What? <laughs> if someone... <laughs> I know. <laughs> someone told me, <laughs> you got to give me... T- so I work in logistics, and it's all about like time time frames and notice. If someone, if a friend of mine told me this, I would probably just block their number. I'm okay, like, that's I know, a guy that's I don't saying. want to deal with Exactly, anymore. and that's totally acceptable. There's and, nothing and wrong with that. we would both be better off for it. Right, right. That means, that, okay, maybe we just weren't meant to be. That's okay. 
I, I was waiting for you to say something. All right. In a social setting, I feel uncomfortable when you make jokes at my expense. Going forward, I need you to refrain from making jokes that are hurtful or disrespectful to me or anyone else in our group. So with these, there was no consequences that were put in place. So you kind of have to... You're asking for further conversation. Yes. You're asking to talk about it. And then if it continues to happen, you can reevaluate your relationships. You can see, okay, you know what? This just isn't going to work out. I'm not going to be at this job anymore. Um, I need to take less time with my family. Uh, I need to leave this person in my relationship. Oh, that person's just not a good friend for me. You know, yeah. that's okay. Change your friend group. But you're still giving be. them the opportunity to make a change. But I will also say that sometimes you don't have to verbalize your boundaries. Tell me what you mean. Because I believe that if you are standing up for your own values, your actions are going to show what your boundary is. And that's what I did with Matt. You know, I was angry that he didn't ever want to leave the house and he wanted to stick around at home and drink and do drugs all the time. And I was like, I want to be with my family. So I would just leave. I did no not discussion, man. no discussion. I would leave. I'm like, I'm, you weren't even mean about it. You were just nope. like, all right, I'm out of here. I'm uh, gone. home about nine. I'm done. Peace. That was a nonverbal boundary that I showed with my actions. I remember the, like, the first few times you did that, I, you closed the door and I just went, shit. Yeah. Really? Yeah. So whenever you have your values in place and you know who you are and you know whenever they're being valued, they're being violated. Violated. Thank you. It's easier for you to just show up by your actions and show what you accept and what to- what you tolerate and what you don't. Before we get on to uh, boundaries for an addict. I did want to say something. We, we discussed all or nothing thinking and how that com- tends to be a common attribute of codependent. Mm-hmm. When it comes to all or nothing thinking and boundaries, let's say that you've got a boundary around a friend who is always late. You've got a friend who shows up to the airport late. They um, never call you back on time. Um, they never pay you back on time, like whatever it might be. They're just always late. Mm-hmm. And let's say that you communicate the boundary and this person shows up two minutes late. Okay. All or nothing thinking here would say, well, they <laughs> nope, crossed yep, the boundary. They crossed it. I'm done. I'm done. You're done. Bye. Okay. It doesn't have to work that way. Right. You can, you can kind of bend these however you want, right. and however you see fit and however you feel is appropriate. There is no boundaries are up in the sky. That's going to judge you on how you enforce your boundaries. Right. It's this what's appropriate with, for you. Right. But this is with like mentally stable people. It's easier sure. to communicate those your with friends them. and stuff Usually, and people around you. They're going to listen like, to you okay. and be like, okay, you know, I'm going to, I'll work on that. You know, with an addict or a mentally unstable person, it is not going to go that easily. Yeah. It is almost, uh, you got to kind of, I don't know. There's wiggle room, but not as much wiggle room. Yes. You know that's a I good mean? way to put it. <clears throat> Use your best judgment here. It doesn't have to be completely black or white. Yeah. Now, if you're fed up, it could be a black or white deal. Yeah. It could, but do you completely throw away a friendship for 20 years because they were late for two minutes right. after you communicated it for the first time? Uh, maybe you give them a chance to figure it out. You know, it's new for them. <laughs> yeah. They're going to figure it out. Yeah. But okay. So when it comes to an addict, you might say something like, I feel uncomfortable when you drink and you could even go as far as to say, I fear for my well-being, my security, our financial security. You could describe the reasons here for why you feel uncomfortable. That's fine. You don't even have to go that far. I'm just, you know, kind of an example here. Mm-hmm. Going forward, I will remove myself from your presence if you decide to drink. You, unfortunately, have to take Action. the active role yeah. 
and the action. And this is what sucks about boundaries is that you unfortunately have the higher burden than the pain in the ass person does. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot of people hate hearing that, but that's the way boundaries work. Um, so let's say that the boundaries crossed once again. What do you do? You enhance the consequence. So I don't even like the word consequence there. Uh-huh. I would say you enhance the action. Yeah. You enhance the the outcome. Um, yeah. I feel uncomfortable and disrespected when you drink. So going forward, I will leave for multiple days. You, maybe you go stay with a friend, with your parents, Family, whatever something. else. And I think that in some ways, um, boundaries when it comes to an alcoholic or addicted relationship, in some ways you are sort of tapering yourself off of the relationship. I think that you're sort of getting yourself used to life without this person. Mm -hmm. And this is one of the ways that you do it is sort of removing yourself from the situation. Um, Sometimes they will surprise you and I hope they do. I hope that they decide this is enough, but when they don't, in some ways what you're doing is you're preparing yourself for life without them. Yes. It's really, really tough because I think that people, when they first come to us are like, help me save my marriage. I'm like, I just, I want to give you a huge hug and say, well, save yourself. I just want you to say, let's just worry about you for right now. I, when you love yourself and you are, your, your um, self-esteem is high, it's, you can get through anything. Like it's so much easier to get through all this stuff. It's just going to take some time and some patience and some practice and yeah, sorry. Yeah. No. And, and it, Hey, listen, if you're, if you're, if your values are being violated, like we talked about having a pretty, pretty short clear conversation, neutral conversation. It, I think it's fair. You could say, you know, I think treatment may help you. Meetings mm-hmm. may help you. Mm-hmm. Um, that's fair. You can ha- you can say that. And if they choose not to get help, go back to your values and ask if that's the kind of person that you want to spend your life with. Someone who's disrespecting your values and, you know, maybe it's time to reevaluate your relationships and what you I really mean, stand for. A lot of the times addicts and alcoholics are violating almost every value you have in place for yourself. Yeah, man. At least whenever I think about it and I, you know, there are people in my life who violate every single value that I have. People will argue this, but I can speak from experience to say that at the root of a lot of addiction is selfishness. I didn't care about anyone else or who got hurt necessarily. As long as I felt the way I needed to feel. Now I did, doesn't mean I wanted to hurt anyone else. I didn't want to hurt. I didn't right, start by right. saying like, I hope this hurts them. I want them to hurt. No, I just you don't think that when far. it came down to me getting what I needed versus like you going through a tough time, I won every time. So th- there was a, a degree of selfishness there. Yeah. I, I was concerned with me and what I needed. As soon as you started to do the same thing, I kind of started to see the light. I don't think that's a coincidence. Yeah. Dang. But I don't think it's selfish. What you were doing wasn't selfish. No. No, you were just living you. You were just doing you. You stopped focusing on me and started taking care of yourself. Yeah. And we are probably the rarer case where things worked out. And I want, I wish, I hope everyone's relationships work out. Like I want to be sitting at dinner with a listener and their partner one day and talking about how they worked through all these things. I do. But I, I would also like to meet someone who learned more about themselves yes. and what they stand for and how they learn to walk on their own two feet for the first time in their life. Yep. I would love to have that dinner conversation too. Absolutely. And how you wish the other person all the best and mm-hmm. you hope they're doing well and you pray for them and your heart still breaks for them and you still love them, but you will not suscept yourself to that type of abuse anymore. That right there. 
So yep. I think I think that wraps up boundaries for us. Yeah. So the equation is your value plus violation, which is episode one plus episode two equals the equals your boundary. And everything that we discuss around the boundaries, the do's and the don'ts. There's a lot here to digest. You might need to give someone a listen or two. Yeah. Uh, we've got guides on this stuff as well. Yeah. And I'm sure we will go down this road again. At some point too. When Probably we, when will. we come up with some more information or yeah. more examples that we've seen for sure. Um, or that we do see. So yeah, it's a big topic that a lot of people can benefit from. It is. And y'all hope and it's there's helpful. So much to it. I really do. I hope this was helpful. I hope that you took something away from this, whether it be, you know, some of the truth bombs or some of the, just the information that's going to help you actively go out and set a boundary. I hope that something here was helpful for you. Yes. Awesome. Well, I think that's all we've got. Uh, anything, any updates in the two universe here? No, no, I don't think so. No, man. I just appreciate everyone that listens and like participates and, and engages and they, they reach out and help other people going through the same thing. Like this thing's blossoming and I love to see it. Mm-hmm. And I think each and every one of you for sharing a little piece of your soul with us and, and other people that are involved in the community. I think it's amazing. I love that y'all have a voice now. Me too. Use it. Me too. All right. Well, until next time, I am Matt. I am Paige. And we'll see you. Bye.